Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Welcome back to the Positively You podcast. I'm Jesse, your host, and today's interview is such a good one. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. I recorded it over a month ago, and I've just been sitting and waiting for the day that it could finally go live. It's a conversation I had with author Gina Hamity, and her book, I Want to Thank You, hits shelves today. I cannot wait for you to get your hands on it. It was such a good book. I was lucky enough to get sent an advanced copy that I literally read in two days flat. I loved it. It was so good. And so when I was able to sit down and have a conversation with Gina and talk all about the book and all about the process of writing it and what she learned from writing 365 thank you letters. That's right. She took one year and wrote a letter for every day of the year. Can you imagine? You can and you can listen and you can read the book because this interview was so, so good. And after you're done listening, you're definitely going to want to go grab the book. It just, like I said, it hits shelves today. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. So I better just stop talking and just get right into it. So here we go. I am so excited to welcome Gina Hamity to the show today. Hello, Gina. Hi. So nice to be here. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. If you would like to just give a quick little introduction to who you are. Sure. I'm Gina Hamity, and I wrote the book, I Want to Thank You. Um, I'm a journalist. I'm a former magazine editor. I'm a mom of two kids, and I have a company, like a content marketing agency, Um, but I have this book coming out in April. I am so excited for your book to come out. I actually just finished reading the I Want to Thank You, and it was so good. I actually found myself getting emotional and tearing up a little bit during parts of it, which I wasn't expecting, but I loved it. I cannot wait for April and for it to come out. So what inspired you to write? You wrote 365 thank you letters. Was it in 2018 that you did this? It was in 2018, yeah. yeah. Okay. What inspired you to take on such a task of doing 365 thank you letters? So even though thank you letters and gratitude letters, it sounds um, like very giving and selfless, it actually came from sort of a selfish place, at least in the beginning, which is that I had all these thank you notes to write for a fundraiser uh, in January of 2018. I had a big stack of them. And I was really surprised by the feeling I was getting as I was writing them, which was... I just felt really good as I was writing them. Like it felt, I felt peaceful. I felt calm. I felt focused. I felt like everything sort of slowed down and my heart rate and breathing seemed to slow down. And it surprised me because it wasn't like I was some huge thank you note lover my whole life, but this just felt kind of, you know, uh, 
undeniably good. And I was thinking about that feeling at the end of the project. I'd finished up all the notes and I counted them and there were 31 notes. And I kind of like, I was like, 31, that's funny. It's 31st today. It was January 31st. And it just sort of like, the whole concept just sort of hit me all at once. Um, probably the only time in my life that I'll have like a fully formed idea. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it just like hit me. I'm like, oh, I could do this the whole year. And, you know, January is already done. And that was charity. And then every month I could just tackle a different topic. So I just would have to think of 11 more topics and, you know, write notes to people, you know, having to do with that topic. So there'd be friends, there'd be family. And then it sort of, um, you know, went from there. Awesome. And I love that you broke that out into topics. Did that make it a little bit less daunting? I think it'd be hard to sit there and be like, oh, 300 letters or, you know. Absolutely. You know what? I attribute that to my magazine editor background. It's like, I feel like I know how writing gets accomplished, you know, like you can't Mm -hmm. just I don't know. You can't just be like, okay, we're going to make a magazine and let's do it. You know, like you have right. to like plan it out and like, you know, there's spreadsheets and you, you know, decide what the columns are and you fill them out and you plan ahead and you have deadline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that background sort of trained me for this where I knew that if I, I knew that I really liked the feeling and I wanted to keep having the feeling. And I knew that if I just, throughout that intention, like write more thank you notes. I knew that I would just never do it. So I knew I had to have this sort of goal to hit. And then I knew that if it was just randomly selected, you know, every day being like, okay, who am I going to write to? It would just never work. So yeah. um, So I had to put some structure behind it. That was something that I was really impressed with because yeah, so many times we have these goals or resolutions, you know, especially the new year or whatever of oh, I want to be more thankful. Right. And it's like, well, cool. But how are you going to do that? And so I loved that you had that split up into a year goal, but then broken down monthly. And that makes it seem a lot easier to tackle. Cause when I first looked at that a year of thank you notes, I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> like there's no way. But then as I was reading, I, I thought, okay, yeah, like I could figure that out. I could do that. I could come up with categories. And, right. and I always say, not to, sorry to interrupt you, but I always say, you know, that was like a very, I feel like I just decided to make this big project for myself. I would say it's much more reasonable <laughs> to come up with, you know, hit 10, hit 10 or eight, you know, or, you know, every month, write Five gratitude letters or six or 10 or something. And, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be the whole year where you come up with 12 topics, but maybe it's like the next three months and you come up with three topics. You think, you know, I want to write to my career mentors and I would like to write to my family members and, you know, I don't know, like whatever it is, it doesn't, the the prescription worked for me in that one year, but I definitely wouldn't say that everybody needs to follow it to that. That's the rule you need to follow. Yeah. So when you were doing this and going through what were in the book, you write about a lot of different benefits and surprises and lessons you kind of learned. What were some of the surprising benefits that you discovered when you were writing these letters? So, you know, the benefit that I knew from the beginning was, you know, the, the, that way it made me feel. And throughout the writing of the book, I sort of looked more into the science and I was like, oh, I was right. It really, it really does slow down your breathing and your blood pressure. Um, you know, so there was the feeling that I was getting the sort of meditation and the focus and that 
that feeling for me. But then it started, then of course you start sending out those letters and because you would get that even if you never sent them out, right? Like you would just, if you just wrote letters of gratitude all day long, you would get a nice feeling, but then sending them out and expressing them and putting that gratitude in the world sort of, you know, creates these new dynamics. So some of the benefits that pop into my mind are, um, you know, the one I always think about first is that it got me back in touch with a dear friend and she and I had been estranged for years and our friendship kind of ended a little bit weird and the, I don't know, I felt like I had one narrative of why the friendship ended and I never kind yeah. of, you know, looked into it or asked her about it. But I decided to include her in this, the friend writing month where I, where I had um, turned old photographs into postcards, which you can do by just like reinforcing them with a mm -hmm. mailing label. And I think because I, <laughs> if I was only writing five of them, I definitely would not have gotten to her. But because I actually, you know, was coming up with a list of 30 and going through old photos, you know, I kept finding photos of her. And I knew I had to get to the 30. <laughs> that's not the only reason. I, you know, I obviously, she meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, and I wasn't sure if this was the right way to reach out to her. Like, I wasn't sure if it would, you know, seem sort of flippant or strange, but I decided to go for it. And, you know, and that led to us, that led to her emailing me and that led to us eventually sitting down to lunch and that led to a new friendship. I mean, she and I are, trading videos in the last few days were, you know, sending each other videos. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing. Um, that was actually a part of the book that I really loved was because I think all of us have friendships like that, right? As we switch in, into different types of our life and our careers end and we become parents and different things that we just have these friendships that maybe aren't what they used to be. And I think a lot of us think about friendships, but it's like, oh, that would be awkward to reach out or, oh, that would be this. And in the book, there was, um, I think it was her that said getting the letter in the mail was handwritten. So it wasn't like a pop-up. It wasn't a text. It wasn't a social media notification where I immediately was bombarded and you could also see that I had read it. Right. And so it gave someone this chance to take their own time to kind of process that you had reached back out. And I love that because I think so many of us probably do have these friendships that we maybe did leave weird or we have got our own story about them. And so it was, I don't know, it was really, really touching and really inspiring to me to be like, oh, what friendships might I have that I really do value that I just have maybe lost touch with? And maybe it's not too late to reach out. Right, right. And she had such a beautiful way of expressing that, the, um, the slow manner in which I had approached her allowed her for a slow response. And I think yeah. she, that really helped. Um, so yeah, you really did read the book. I'm impressed. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that, like that slow down, because I think so many times we're just available, right? People have our email addresses, they have our social media, they can message us and just dings can pop up. And I loved just that part of that, that slow approach and being able to process, especially with an estranged friendship like that. I think that is really important and really key and really quite beautiful, honestly. So I love that part. Thank you. Thank you. Um, other benefits that I guess pop into my mind, you know, this is such a little one, but it is, makes a difference every week. Um, you know, we have our favorite farmer's market stand 
and we go there every week and we were always like, hi, you know, to the people there. Um, <clears throat> but then in my food month, I was like, oh, I should thank the farmer's market people, of course. And in order to thank them, I had to ask them their names. And then they asked us our names. And since then, it's like we have a whole new relationship, right? We all call each other by our names. He was so, you mean the farmer's market, the guy who runs the farmer's market was so touched. And it was a very short, simple note, but very heartfelt. And, you know, then he always asks for my kids. He gives them muffins every week. You know, one of them likes the zucchini. One of them likes the pumpkin muffin. He remembers, you know, it's like, and then we gave him, you know, Christmas cookies in return because I'm like, man, they were like just taking all these muffins from these poor people. We <laughs> just wanted to say thank you. Um, you know, so it just sort of like deepened what was a friendly relationship. Um, I guess what they would call a weak tie. The social scientist I spoke to in the neighbor um, chapter was talking about weak ties, um, you know, the ties in your life, you know, those people you see and you don't really think much about those interactions, but basically, what she studies is that they really do mean something, that they are important. Mm -hmm. um, and he was a great example of that, where you sort of take it for granted, but then you, you know, especially in COVID times, you realize like those, those, those kind of go a long way to make you feel, I don't know, part of a community. And, yeah. Um, and so that, that was a benefit, just sort of deepening the small you know, relationships that you have in your neighborhood and in your world and kind of deepening them and just sort of naming them. Yeah. Was it. That's really cool. And especially, I mean, you had no idea that back in 2018, when you were doing this, that we were going to have a COVID year, but I right. do think that, yeah, you know, when we're stuck in our houses and being like, I haven't seen a living soul that you do take those, those weak ties, um, for granted and that they actually really are important to like our well-being and our mental health and feeling connected and feeling seen. So that's definitely a benefit. And I think that's cool that you were able to experience that before the rest of us <laughs> kind of got smacked in the face with it. Great. Great. So, um, one benefit that I did notice that you talked about, I don't remember what chapter it was, was, um, the thank you notes and its correlation with social media and your social media use and like the difference that you felt kind of when you were writing your thank you notes versus your social media. Can you talk to that at all? Sure. Yeah. So as I was writing that first batch of thank you notes to the fundraiser donors, I was writing them on a train commute out to New Jersey. I was uh, commuting out there for a gig at the time. So I was, had this, you know, almost hour long train ride that was really quiet. You're a mom of young kids. So, you know, that's like, I mean, that was like heaven, you yeah. know, <laughs> just my own time on a train in a quiet train for 50 minutes. And I found myself, you know, just in my feeds on my email, then in my feeds. And it's sort of like, I just would, the whole, the, the time felt sort of wasted and it would just be over in flash. Mm -hmm. And I kind of would feel vaguely frazzled. Not that I would even think about that feeling. It just, I think that that's sort of the way I'd start the day is a little like frazzled. And then the thank you notes, when I would choose, you know, kind of choose my notes instead of the phone, it just was such a an opposite feeling. It was like the exact antidote. First of all, instead of feeling frazzled and like, you know, one thing after another and yes. by like one image after another, it was like focus, calm. 
that's one thing. And the other thing is when I, you know, kind of put a little thought into it, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, when I'm on Facebook, I'm in a, I mean, and these were the Trump years, right? I was in a rage spiral, you know, Facebook was a rage spiral, rage, mm-hmm. rage, rage. And Instagram was like, I want it. I want it. I want it. Oh, I want that little, look at that, like things I want, you know, yes. baby, stubby baby fingers. Oh, I want, I want it, you know, that and beautifully organized kitchen. I want that. And it was like, you know, admiring other people's stuff and, and memories and life. And this was like the antidote because it was about something purely positive, no rage at all. Um, you know, even when, you know, not every note was, uh, you know, total sunshine. Like I, you know, some of them were a little hard to write. There was the estranged friend. There was, you know, I would write to my parents if, even if I were, was, you know, in a little fight with them or something. Uh-huh. It's not like it was like all Pollyanna, but it was, it was, you know, a practice of focusing on the positive, even if there's negative. So instead of rage, there was positivity. And instead of admiring other people's kitchens and chubby baby babies <laughs> and kittens or whatever. Just I'm all the things at, on Instagram. Yeah. All the things that other people have and are looking at and the perfect, you know, everything I'm looking at my own life and choosing. It's like, I'm curating the things and memories and people in my own life that make me happy. So it was like this exact inverse. I love that you say curating your own versus being assaulted. (laughs) Like, I mean, even just that, that language that you use, it's so different. Assaulted versus curating. (laughs) Who wouldn't pick that? But we do, we do that to ourselves. And like, we just get lost just with that, that mindless scroll. And so I, I did love, um, just hearing your experience with that and having that be just so peaceful and that you said, you know, it started out as selfish. You wanted to keep this up for, for your own selfish purposes. But there was a point in the book too. Um, I don't remember who you talked to. Some study that was saying that they had actually gone back and, and talked to recipients of notes. And you didn't do this. This was a separate study. Yeah. But saying that, you know, it is not just a benefit for you. It's a benefit for those people as well. And then it's just this like ripple effect. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, a really cool. that's Amit Kumar. He's out of the University of Texas at Austin. And he is special okay. in the sense that like, there are a lot of gratitude researchers out there. It's a new science, but a very popular pop psychology science in the last 20 years. A lot of people are studying gratitude, but he is unique in that he also, he not only studies the benefits to the person that's feeling or expressing the gratitude, he studies the benefit on the recipients. So he's, okay. I think the only person, he's the only person I know who does that. I think he's the only person who does that. He and his, um, like the study co-author, Nicholas Epley, I think. Um, and yeah, the upshot was, and this sort of, you know, goes into the awkwardness thing, which is a lot of people feel awkward sending out gratitude letters just feels like uh, awkward and mm-hmm. you know why, like, what if they don't remember me or like, what if this is weird and it's awkward? Um, so you know, the study, the upshot of his findings are, it's not going to be as awkward as you think. It's going to be way less awkward than you think. In fact, it probably won't be awkward at all. And on the recipient side, it's going to mean way more, it's going to be more impactful than you think. So, you know, as I was talking to him, I was talking to him about this one recipient of a gratitude letter where she gave me this really nice feedback. It's a chef that it was in my food month and it was a chef 
my of a restaurant that I used to love that's now closed. And she reached out and said, you know, I'm really going through a hard time right now. And this really helped basically. And she said other nice things too. And I posed that to him. I said, you know, sometimes you sort of get lucky and like the person you, you know, you just never know what somebody's going through. So if you happen to sort of hit it right and the person receiving the letter, you know, receives it. They needed it. Yeah. Yeah. That they're like down in some way, you know, that could really make a big difference. And he's like, you know, I'm a scientist. He's like, you're not a scientist. I'm a scientist. So like, you're looking at this one at a time. And I, but I don't agree with you because you didn't interview everybody that you sent the gratitude letter to. I, you know, I'm looking at things in an aggregate in a scientific way, you know, and I had everybody fill out forms, which you didn't. Um, and I'm telling you that every, it meant a lot to everybody. Like that's, yeah. it's just science, you know? Um, so, so that was interesting. So basically it won't be as awkward as you think, and it's going to mean a lot more. Is, yeah. Get over it. I think yeah. I actually uh, highlighted a little quote from that that said people overestimate the awkwardness of a heartfelt thank you and they underestimate its impact. And so, yeah, yeah. I think definitely reaching out and, you know, looking for people's addresses and, and wanting to do that, you're like, they're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I'm weird. What is this? But you're saying, no, just get over it. The benefit is way bigger than like the momentary little tiny bit of awkwardness you might feel. Yeah. And just knowing that like everybody feels it, it's just a thing and you just yeah. kind of have to get over it. Like it's there and you just kind of, you know, address it and say, yeah, but so what, so what? And that's what I kept thinking throughout the year. I'm like, cause I kept feeling it too, you know? Um, and I just kept thinking like, so what, <laughs> like yeah. what's the worst that can happen? Like what's, you know, a few times it was hard, like with that estranged friend. I'm like, what's the worst can happen? I don't know. Like maybe she's offended. Maybe she, I don't know, maybe it pisses her off or, you know, but mostly what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Someone thinks I'm weird for being too nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So let me be so, weird for being too, let, let that be my reputation. I'm just like way too, way too nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think there are worse things out there to be thought of. Hey friends, I'm sorry to interrupt this super awesome episode, but I have something that I need to talk to you about. Talking fruits and vegetables. Did you know that the recommendation is one to two cups of fruits and two to three cups of vegetables per day? Sure, sometimes I totally hit it. You know those days where I'm loading up on a green smoothie for breakfast, I have a great lunch, and I fill up my plate with veggies for dinner? But if I'm being honest, it's hard to plan and shop for and prepare and sometimes even disguise all of those fruits and vegetables every single day. And it turns out I am not alone. Only about 10% of us are getting the daily recommendation. Oops. But friends, I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't have some good news for you. So allow me to introduce you to Juice Organics. Ever since I found Juice, I've been obsessed. And I haven't had to worry how I'm gonna get in my fruits and my veggies because Juice Organics makes it simple and you know I'm all about simple. It's basically juicing, but without any of the mess. It's just one quick scoop and I'm getting over 40 organic fruits and vegetables that were grown by hardworking local organic farmers. And that's not even the best part. This isn't like choking down a shot of greens and then gagging and shaking your head with the aftertaste. No, no, this stuff tastes good. I crave it and I drink it every single day. 
To try it for yourself, head to juiceorganics.com. That's juice spelled J-U-C-E. And use the code positive U to score a buy one, get one free deal. That's positive, the letter U, over at juiceorganics.com. Let's get back into the show. So with that, do you think that there is, is there like a rule or is it ever too late or has it ever been too long to write a thank you note? I know that, you know, sometimes we grow up after you get married or after a baby shower or whatever, that there's a time limit that you need to send out your, your formal thank you letters or whatever. Um, you didn't really follow any formalities with your letters. And was there really like a time limit where you're like, oh, it's been too long? Great question. And good news. So, okay. What the stand, what I call a standard or a traditional thank you note, which is thank you for this sweater. Thank you for this gift. Of course, there's a bit of a, you know, that's a transaction because what right. the purpose of it is, it's, it's for good manners and it's to be nice, but there's like a purpose or at least there used to be before email and text, which is exactly. I received your gift, you know, like it's basically, I received your gift. It didn't, it didn't get lost in the mail. It, I opened it. I know it was from you. The card didn't get lost. Like that's the purpose of that note. Um, and so, yeah, like it'd probably be weird if you sent that like three years later, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, great. I totally forgot even about the party you're talking about. Um, but for this, there truly is not only is there no statute of limitations, it actually means more, the more time it goes by, because you're saying that I never forgot what you said, or I never forgot what you did, or I never forgot this role that you played in my life. And in fact, here's how it impacts my life now. So there's truly, not only is there no statute of limitations, it ends up meaning more. You know, I think of my career mentor month and, you know, I'm thanking people, I'm 41, I'm thanking people for my first job, for my internships more than 20 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, they were so like, they were so surprised and like gratified to hear that I remember something from they said 20 years ago. And I think yeah. about it, you know, um, or, you know, I watched the model that they, you know, the role model that they were that other, the, you know, the, the, um, you know, I, I watched something they do and I mimic it to this day, you know, they, um, you know, I, I would try to be as specific as possible. So, you know, to somebody I'm telling her what I remember overhearing her say in this like really hard moment in the, in this one magazine. And she was kind of, um, I don't know. She was like, she sort of walked in and like told somebody off. I don't know, whatever. So I'm like, <laughs> like specific, like remembering, you know, specifically what she was saying and telling her that, you know, to this day, if I need to walk into a room and be a total badass, like I try to act like her, you know, and like, remember yeah. that, you know, that in this hard moment, she like said what needed to be said, you know, and you know, she was like, I can't believe, I can't even remember that, you know, but, and, but we all have those things. Yeah. Because of moments because, of impact. Right. Yeah. Where you just like, remember, and you know, maybe of course they, they probably don't remember it because they're just living their lives. But as an impressionable, you know, person who's looking for a role model, you know, those moments do make an impact. Um, and, and why not share them? And especially yeah. for the career mentors, that was really a month where I'm like, oh my God, everybody should be doing this because, you know, we all have these mentors and perhaps you haven't talked to them in years because, you know, your career has changed or for whatever reason. Um, but it's just such a nice way to get back in touch with somebody like, 
Yeah. You know, as opposed to like networking, quote unquote, where you're like, hey, what can you do for me? And I need a job. Can you help me? Which is fine to be straightforward about things like that. Um, but this was such a nice way to get back in touch with people that meant a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, so often, especially like a mentor, you'll get a thank you right away. But to get something 10 years later, 15 years later, like that's got to feel so good on them to just feel acknowledged and feel seen. And that was uh, a theme I kept feeling over and over again as I was reading this was just people feeling seen. Yeah. And that just, I don't know, I feel like that's something that people are just craving that more yeah connectedness and, and all of that. And so that mentor month really was very cool for that aspect of it. I think that's really right. And I think, you know, there's like this little feeling that I would always sort of address when I would do it, which is like, you don't have to do this. There's no, there's no obligation. You don't need to, you can just do something. You can just turn on the TV. Like you don't have to do this. Um, you know, um, and and you don't. And that's why most people don't. And, mm-hmm. and you don't have to, you know, you really don't. You could just live your life. <laughs> but when you do, when you do make that effort, it really does mean more than you think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and like you said too, you just go about and live your life. But at the end of your book, you said, you know, if you're reading this and it just sounds like it's this love letter to my life and to the people in it and the experiences I had that it is. And I loved that it served kind of as this, this way for you to kind of fall back in love with your life. And I don't know, like I'm like reading it and I'm like getting teary. I'm like, she's back in love with her. Like it was surprising how much it touched me, but like to just read and to feel that you really did, like you I don't know that it was like this like transformational thing for you or whatever, but, or a redemption story, whatever they call it. But it really did feel like there was this moment where you just felt awake yeah. and just back in love and just living more, I don't know, like if vibrance, like the right color, like, yeah. or the right word, not the right color. It just felt like that a lot. And it really inspired me to be like, yeah, no, like it helped you notice the little things and just your gratitude level was just way higher. I think you called it a a happiness set point or something like that, but it was, it just seemed, I don't know. It lit a fire under my butt to be like, no, I need to be like way more grateful and be writing letters because this woman is in love with her life. (laughs) And it was really inspiring. Um, thank you. And yeah, the happiness set point is something I thought a lot about in COVID because, you know, okay, so a set point, people know about this in diets, like you have a, you fit, you have your weight set point, right? So it's mm-hmm. like the weight that your body just likes to be. And it's really, really tough. Maybe you can change up or down, but it kind of goes right back to that set point. And happiness has a similar set point, but you know, and it's very hard to change it. But there was a study that showed that gratitude is like one of the only ways to do it. And it has to do with your brain's neural pathways and like really, you know, sitting with those feelings and kind of changing. It, it just changes the way, it, the, basically the more you sit with these happy, grateful thoughts, the easier it gets to get right back there, you know? Yeah. And so that changes your happiness set point. So like you could just get back to, like in COVID, it's not like I'm walking around you know, you know, wrapped up in a love letter to my own life. Like it's hard, you know, like it is hard, but when, but there's resilience. I think there's, I think there's a greater resilience because of it. And I think where I get back to 
when I do have those moments of like, okay, we got through this week. It was a really hard week. There were two COVID scares. We got our test back there negative. We got the, we shoveled the snow, you know, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's not like every moment is, is a joyful one, but, but it gets, it's like a, I do think my happiness set point is higher. So it's easier yeah. to get back there once you get through the tough stuff. For sure. Yeah. Life isn't sunshine and rainbows and roses all the time, but yeah, I think it helps you to be able to be like, we got through that. Now we're here. Where's the things I can be grateful for in that. And just kind of, yeah, helping you be more level. So it's not these like huge highs and huge lows. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of a gratitude practice and, and having gratitude. And I know that you kind of cringed at the word gratitude when you first set out on this because it is it's kind of a buzzword (laughs) but but, um just in in putting it I think there was a quote at the end of of your book too that I saw that feeling gratitude is crucial but it's in the expressing it where the magic happens and and in writing these letters and so it is more than just an attitude of gratitude or you know whatever the fun buzzword or quote of the week is but that it's in in really that expressing it Yeah, that's my, that's sort of my, my thesis, I would say, is like, you know, so many studies point to gratitude as being healthy and good for you. And, and it is, and writing in a gratitude journal is good for you and you should do it. But the trouble I find is that people don't keep with a gratitude journal Mm -hmm. after a few weeks because, you know, you put your novels on top of it and you have other things to do, but the expressing it, whether that's writing a letter a day or a letter a week, or just, you know, I, it's not like I, I don't keep it up as well as maybe I want to all the time, but I do feel like I've trained myself and it's like this muscle. And I do, I do reach out more, you know, and like, I sort of, I can sort of watch the grateful thought as it comes in and kind of hold on to it and then maybe try to do something with it to express it, you know? So it could be a quick text, um, it could be a, an email, it could be a call, it could be a letter. It's just, um, I think the expressing it part, because that creates that next step, you know, it, it, it puts it out into the world and then you get nice feedback. You make somebody's day or you, you know, or you just spread that joy and then you get the feedback and it makes you want to do more of it. So it's not just something where you're like, okay, I should write in my gratitude journal. No, it's good for me. Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. It's, you get the feedback, which makes you want to keep doing it. Yeah. It's more of like a cyclical kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I, as you can tell, I absolutely adored the book. I devoured it. It was so good. Got teary eyed a couple different times, but I don't want to give it all away. Your book is available when this airs, it'll be April 13th. I believe is that when your book's available and you can pre-order it where else can everyone come to find you? Where's the best resources to get all the things? Gina, all the things. Thank you. Oh, thank you for asking. Um, so on Instagram, I'm Gina.Hamity. Um, I'm on Facebook there too, although I don't do much with that just yet. Maybe someday. Um, I, GinaHamity.com is my website and that's pretty good, right? Yeah. And is your book available on Amazon? Yeah. Everywhere. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, on, I will. Local stores and the whole thing. Fantastic. Oh, I can't wait for, I want to get a physical copy <laughs> to read it again when it's out, but I will link to everything. It's all in the show notes. Seriously, seriously, go grab your copy of Thank You Know it is or 
I want to thank you is what it's called. It is so good. I loved it. And Gina, I have just loved talking to you today. I've loved talking to you too, Jesse. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jesse, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.